Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirits and spirit decks in the world of Magic the Gathering. On this episode, we're going to be talking about a card uh, that I've misplayed, that I've seen many spirit players misplay, and I want to change that. I want us to really improve and master this card. Do I got you curious? I hope so. Let's get this episode started, shall we? Let's go. I want to thank you ladies and gentlemen for joining me on this episode of mtg ectoplasm i'm your host dwight aka de blanco a medium that wears an extra extra large you can reach out to me on twitter at mtg ectoplasm or you can email me at mtg ectoplasm at gmail.com i'd like to hear from you tell me your thoughts tell me what you're thinking also, I have a website out there with uh, some interesting information. And if you want to donate to the show or sponsor an episode, you can do it there. All right. Well, now, now that I got the little pleasantries out of the way, uh, I know some of you are like, well, Dwight, where you been? Where you been hiding? We haven't had an episode from you in uh, quite some time. What's been going on? Well, I'm going to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm in school. I'm in nursing school. And I had a huge exam. I've been studying a lot. And this particular episode honestly took a lot of, out of me. Uh, I have been going out of my way to make sure that I provide you the best of the best information so you and I can become kings and queens and sit on a throne and have all other decks bow down. That's right. Bow down and kiss our feet because of defeat. I just made that up. Pretty cool. I like that. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I like. I, I'm going to be honest. I really took my time. I actually reached out to a friend of mine. He's like, "Man, I, I this episode it's it's taking a lot out of me. I don't know what's going on. I, I I want it perfect. Well, you know what? I have it. The script in my hand. I'm ready to go, ladies and gentlemen. And the card. You're going to go, Dwight, what card are we misplaying? You kidding me? We, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a magic player. I don't make misplays. Plays misplay because they do it on their own, not because of me because I'm a pilot. The card, the card is Aether Vial. That's right. The wonderful artifact for one generic mana, Aether Vial. Well, I'm going to read it for you. Aether Vial, one generic mana artifact, and it reads, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a charge counter on Aether Vial. Okay, not bad. Second part, tap. You may put a creature card with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on Aether Vial from your hand onto the battlefield. Now, it seems like a generic, easy card. Just, I'll just tap a card. Guess what? I put a creature onto the battlefield equal to its mana cost, depending on how many charge counters are on Aether Vile. And the answer would be yes. It is that simple. Unfortunately, 
there are some nuances. There are certain things, the minutiae of the card that makes it a little bit more tricky. Meaning we want to play this card at its optimal level and make our opponent question exactly what we are doing. So, some of the key components to the Aetherval I want us to think about, okay, is why we use the Aether file. Okay, it's not that we just put it in here because it's willy-nilly and just because, you know, some individual part of us put it in the deck and say, oh, you know, this makes sense. I'll just throw an Aether file in here. The next thing I want us to think about is virtual mana. The following thing is flash, instant speed. And finally, creatures cannot be countered. So why are we putting this eighth of island into play? Those three specific things, virtual mana, flash, and creatures cannot be countered. When I talk about virtual mana, Every time we take up this Aether Vial, it's mana that we are not using on the battlefield. That mana is being stored on each turn on the Aether Vial. So, if it's my opponent's turn and he does something, I can tap my Aether Vial, put a creature into play, and guess what? Now I still have my mana available to do whatever I want uh, say, for example, uh, I don't know, Force of Negation, um, Path to Exile, stuff like that. Or I can put a creature into play, uh, you know, on my turn, for example, uh, Selfless Spirit or Supreme Phantom without using the Aether Vial, and then on their turn, use that to put in a rattle chains or uh, uh, a drug school captain for the uh, both of those for the hex proof or spell queller just because we want to exile slash counter a card. That's the reason why it's it's virtual mana and it's kind of funny if you really think about this card in a game we use it a lot. We use about maybe nine to twelve free mana this virtual mana that's living in this eighth of all we use it about seven times six to seven times within a game and since most of our creatures are two to three mana you know what ladies and gentlemen if we have multiple lot that's a lot of free mana that we're not using from what's on the battlefield now, one thing we must remember, and this is what I do, and this is what I will suggest, is that you put a counter on top of your deck to remember at the beginning of your upkeep, oh, that's right, I have to put a counter on the Aether Vial. By doing so, guess what? I get a free mana in there, not that I can use it for anywhere else except for playing a creature and putting it onto the battlefield by using the Aether Vial. So it's just a simple, humble reminder. The second thing is that we got to know when not to take up the Aether file. 
if you have a two mana creature, like say you have two mana creatures in your hand and no three and the ether vials at two, why are you going to take it up to three? It makes no sense. That's nonsense. Don't do it. Now, one thing that I see that people don't do, what I see people do, and it actually drives me nuts, and I've done it in my earlier years with the Aether Vial, is that I tap the Aether Vial and put a creature immediately onto the battlefield. That is wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Tap the Aether Vial, hold. Make your opponent respond to you tapping the aether vial because they the thing is if you tap the aether vial and you put a creature into play you're giving your opponent knowledge knowledge is deadly in this game and by giving them that knowledge they can easily respond oh i'll I'll do this in response to this and now nothing you tap the aether vial are you going to do anything no i'm going to Put this creature on the battlefield now. Now what are you going to do? Mm. We, we Remember, we want to make sure we limit the knowledge our opponent has. One thing is that putting counters on our Aether Vial sends a message to our opponent. The reason why I say that is because if we have one charge counter on Aether Vial, they're going to go, what does what do they have in their hand? And if they know our deck, they're going to assume, oh, it's just Mausoleum Wanderer, or if not, it's the Spectral Sailor. If it's two, oh, well, now, now that changes the game. You know, uh, they can pump up their creature by using Supreme Phantom, or they could sit there and... If I try to kill a creature, that's right. He can play Rattle Chains to protect the creature. Or if I try to do a board wipe, he can use the Aether Vial, put in Selfless Spirit, and now all his creatures have what? Indestructible. At the same time, the cool thing is that I've done in my plays where I've had creatures on the board, I'm attacking, attacking, attacking. I had the Aether Vial on three, and my opponent's afraid to play spells. Why? Because they're under the concept that i have a spell caller in my hand and realistically i didn't i didn't have a spell caller i was fibbing but bluffing is part of the game buff but you know bluffing is a hundred percent part of the game why why i'm going to be honest with my opponent all the time no i want i want to play mind games with them i want them to think i'm going to do something that i'm not going to do Now, one consideration that I want you to think about when it comes to this virtual mana that I'm talking about, when it comes to this Aether Vial, is this. If you have Aether Vial at the end of your turn, at, sorry, at the end of your opponent's turn at one, you have a one mana creature in your hand and then you have three, you know, two, three mana creatures in your hand. And you have None in the two spot. Two mana spot. None. What you can do is at the beginning of your upkeep, prior prior to putting a counter on the Aether Vial, you may tap that Aether Vial, put in the one mana creature, 
then tick it up. Okay? By doing so, by doing so, it gets you ready to play the three-mana creature on the following turn. Now, there's a big no-no that I just said there. I'm going to come back to it. There's a huge no-no there, but I'm going to come back to it. I'm, I'm making you aware there's a huge no-no. But like I said, you can tap your eighth of all on one. Play it on your like on your upkeep. Play the one mana creature. Take it up to two. You're good. You're good. It's wholesome. Call if somebody calls the judge, let them bring the judge over. It's okay. I did it at the beginning of my upkeep. I chose to tap the eighth of all before putting the counter. Put the creature on the battlefield. Then I put the counter. Judge is going to say, bravo, young man or woman, you know what you're doing. Bravo. Now, the next thing. Aether Vial allows us to put our creatures in the battle, onto the battlefield with flash. That's right. Currently, right now, and I'm just counting all the cards. I'm not just being speaking like, oh, there's four and this and that. Total amount, there are 10 to 12 creatures with flash in our deck. Between 10 to 12 creatures in our deck with flash. You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen? Two-thirds of our deck does not have flash. That's 22 to 24 creatures without flash. Okay, well... So what? No, no, no. It's not so what because I know some of you are like, well, well, why should I care? Because we like to play mind games. Why mind games? Because I said before, we're trying to look at the, the counters on the Aetherval and making our opponent consider what's going on. Are we going to be proactive while we play, meaning uh, are we going to pump up our creatures by using our lords? Or are we going to be reactive, for example, uh, playing Rattle Chains or Spell Queller? That, that depends on us. But the way to get there is using, oh, well, sp Spell Queller and Rattle Chains do have flash no matter what. But my point is, is that having other creatures like Mausoleum Wanderer, Selfless Spirit, Drug School Captain. I'm putting Drug School Captain in there because it gives all other creatures hexproof. You're giving these creatures the opportunity, the ability to come onto the battlefield at the end of your opponent's turn or when you need to do something if your opponent plays something and you have to react to it. We want our opponent on their tippy toes we want to make sure they don't know what to do or how to react or what to do it's like understand it's hard to win if you're constantly playing defense now i know if you watch the nfl they say you know defense wins championships agreed but this is magic the gathering and you know what wins us lowering our opponent's life to zero. There's only one way to get there. And that's hitting our opponent in the face. 
by doing so, we win. And how do we get there? Well, you know, little jibs and jabs and punches in the nose. Or we take, you know, roundhouse punches or kicks or, you know, tap them out. Make them sleep. We do this by pumping up our creatures or defending our creatures. That's the best thing about spirits. Spirits protect their own. This is I've mentioned this before in other episodes. This is what separates spirits from every other tribe in Magic the Gathering, and that's what makes this deck, this tribe, the best of the best. We protect our own. And because we give our creatures flash, it constantly puts our opponent on a defensive mind track going, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, for example, when I said I, I had, I had a, the Aether Vial not tapped on three, and my opponent thought I had the, uh, a Spell Quiller, which I did not. It gave me the game. It gave me the victory. You know, having flash, the ability to flash in creatures is unique. And we, as spirit players, because majority of, you know, I'm saying 10 to 12 of our creatures, a third of our deck is flash, and we can give our other creatures flash. This is something that we need to take advantage of. Now, the next thing is creatures cannot be countered. I don't know about you, but if you look at the current meta, okay, let's be honest. The current meta right now, March 20th of 2021, there isn't much countering, but what I'll tell you, there's a lot of aggro decks out there, a lot of aggro. But what's fighting back right now is control decks. Control decks are coming back, and they're saying, no, no aggro. You're, you need to slow down, my man or my woman. You need to slow down because guess what? Control's here to win. Well, the funny thing is we can beat aggro. We can beat aggro. It's, I mean, it, it, if it gets under us, yeah, it can be a little troublesome. But generally, we find a way to beat aggro. And the best part is under control. What do we have in the deck that deals with control? Well, the first thing is obviously Cavern of Souls. Our creatures can't be countered. But also the Aether Vial. Why? Let's reread Aether Vial. You may put a creature card with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on Aether Vial from your hand onto the battlefield. What's that mean, ladies and gentlemen? I did not cast it. Since I didn't cast, guess what? It goes on the battlefield. You cannot counter the only way they're going to be able to stop this ability, oh, that's right, it's a stifle. Good luck finding stifle right now in in modern. There's only one one or two creatures. I think one creature that does it, some bird, some weird bird from, uh, I forget, from Amonkhet that does it. Other than that, what are you going to do? You can't do nothing. Nothing. My creature's going to get onto the battlefield no matter what, and it's going to do what it has to do. That means either it's going to pump my uh, my my creatures up by using a lord, or I'm going to use them being defensive. Oh, you think you're going to do a board wipe? Mm, no, I got spell queller. Uh, you think you're going to, what, fatal push my creature? No, I put in rattle chains. 
oh, you think you're going to cast this card? Uh, no, I'll put in Mausoleum Wanderer and I'll sacrifice it and that card's countered. Yeah. That's the benefit of not having, it's like, of making sure our creatures can't get countered. It's giving us an op opportunity to set the board the way we want in putting our opponent on the defensive. Another thing, if there is a permanent that we don't like, the best part is that we have Skyclave Apparition to take it out, to remove it. Exile, gone. Things that, that we can remove, well, Blood Moon, bye-bye. Ensnaring Bridge, goodbye. Now you're going to go do it. Well, currently in the meta, there is no Blood Moon. There's no Ensnaring Bridge. You're right. I'm not going to lie about that. That's 100% fact. Does that mean they will not return? I'm going to tell you, Blood Moon always comes back. It's always like a bad rash, that card. Same thing in Snaring Bridge. And Snaring Bridge will be back. And we have its answer, Skyclave Apparition. Best part, oh, I can put it on the, play, on the battlefield thanks to my Cavern of Souls, or I can flash it in and can't be countered with my ether vial that I used what my virtual mana with. It's a win-win, ladies and gentlemen. Aether vial is a win-win if we use it properly. And these are the do's and don'ts that I consider with the Aether vial. The first parts are do's, the last, last three are don'ts. So remember to put a counter on the top of your deck so you can tick up the Aether vial if necessary. Remember that. Number two, remember, tap your Aether Vial and wait for your opponent to respond. Do not give him, him or her information that's not necessary. Let them respond prior to you putting the creature onto the battlefield. Say, I'm tapping it, and he responds. No, I do this. I put in uh, Drug School Captain. Another do, your Aether Vial should be tapped at the end of your opponent's end step every turn. Every turn, no matter what, even if you're not using it, your Aether Vial should be tapped at the end of your opponent's end step. Why? Mind games. We want them to think that we're going to do something. Oh, uh, here's Skyclave Apparition. Boom, I, I'm going to remove that permanent from the game. Oh, I play Drug School Captain. I play Selfless Spirit. I, I will play Supreme Phantom. Make your opponent think you're doing something constantly. Those mind games will go far. They're not going to know what to do. Next thing, if your opponent does a board wipe, okay. It's not the end of the world, ladies and gentlemen. It's not the end of the world. At the end of your turn, tap your Aether Vial. If you have a creature, put it onto the battlefield. If it's a Lord, yay! Because guess what? You're going to be pumping up your creatures quicker. 
If not, just, you know, find a selfless spirit. And guess what? If you have a Lord, well, the way I would do it is put selfless spirit. No, you should have put selfless spirit in no matter what. You know, if they did a board wipe, let's be honest. But if you misplayed, put the selfless spirit in the play. The next turn you play Supreme Phantom. Now you're attacking for three. Yay! We won't talk about that misplay you did. Now, things you don't do. Do not use the Aether Vial on your turn. Let me repeat. Do not use Aether Vial on your turn. I think I forgot to tell you something. Do not play Aether Vial. Do not tap your Aether Vial on your turn. Don't use it on your turn. No, no. No, 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 never, never. The only time that I can say I am okay bypassing that rule is if you have one mana. One mana. And then the other, uh, sorry, and the other rule was if you have that one mana creature in the battlefield uh, in your hand and you got the three mana in your other two, three mana creatures, you remember you tap the creature, tap the ether valve, put the one mana creature up, tick it up. Now on the next turn you'll have, you'll be able to tick it up to three to put the three mana creature in the play. That's the, those are the only two rules that it's okay for you to tap that ether valve on your turn. Anything else, you deserve to have your uh, hand slapped. No, 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 no. Another don't. If you have two mana creatures up, uh, two mana, ma two mana creatures, two mana, two mana cost. Jesus, it's hard to speak. Two mana cost creatures in your hand. And the intervals at two, do not Tick it up. Common sense. No. No. And finally, finally, just don't forget to use your ether vial. Don't forget to use it. The land that you have in front of you it's just for you to use on your turn sorcery speed. That's it. The only cards that, that are not sorcery speed that you're using in your deck should be what? Path to Exile? Everything else should be sorcery speed. Use those sorcery speeds on your turn using the land, not your ether file. Now, one land hands. I know people are like, oh, man, okay, what are the rules about the one, one landed hands? My band players are going to love this. Okay? If you do not follow this rule, you deserve to have your hand slapped. Ready? If you are a Bant pilot and you have one land in your hand, do not play that hand you're at a disadvantage i'll say it one more time 
one land hand with an eighth of all before you play. What do you do? You mulligan. You do not play that hand. That's one land. You're at a disadvantage. No. If you have a colorless mana, a what they call a brown land, and an eighth of all at the beginning of your turn, no, hell no. Do not play that hand. Mulligan. And I know some of you are like, wait, what the hell's a brown land? There's no brown lands in our deck. What are you talking about? Moreland Hunt. Moreland Hunt is a brown land. It does not produce like blue or white mana. It produces colorless. So you have uh, Moreland Hunt in your hand and Aether Vial. No. So Bant, one mana, no. Moreland Hunt and Aether Vial, no. Here comes the yes. Ready? And the only yes ever, ever, ever. One mana, Aether Vial, opening hand. Ready? If you can cast a creature on turn two, meaning... You can put a creature onto the battlefield on turn two by using either the Aether Vial or you drew a land. And more than likely, I'm going to tell you, make sure it's a one-mana creature, not a two-mana creature. Because that turn two, you can tap the Aether Vial, put in the creature, then you can tack it up to two. Now, you, now, you, now you're cooking with gas. You're not behind. You're exactly where you need to be. So one mana creature, one land, and Aether Vial. You're good. That's it. One mana creature, one land, an Aether Vial. You're good. Is it great? Hell no. But you're not behind. Anything else, you will be completely behind, and you are screwed. Now there's one more rule. One more thing about Aether Vial, and I'll tell you, it does not make any sense for spirits, spirits whatsoever, because it does not apply to us. But I'm going to throw it out there just in case, because there are upcoming sets coming out, and I don't know what Watsy thinks. Watsy's crazy. You kidding me? So I want to put it out there so in future, when people come back to this and go, you know, Dwight, you didn't talk about this. Uh, you screwed up. You got to redo that Aether Vial episode that you, it took you almost two weeks to freaking do. Well, no, because here's the rule. It's called the bypass rule. No, it, my, nah, the deck is not having a coronary artery. I'm going to do bypass surgery. No, the bypass rule. The bypass rule is this. Because the creature is coming onto the battlefield, the additional cost for a creature is nullified now you're going to go what are you talking about here's an example there's a card called silver gilt adept now i'm going to tell you many many magic the play magic the gathering players before becoming spirit players were merf merfolk players if you are a merfolk player, you know this card. If you do not, do not know this card, 
okay? I do not, I'm not going to shame you, okay? I understand why you do not know this card. But I'm going to read it to you. In the first sentence, it reads, as an additional cost to cast this spell, reveal a merfolk card from your hand or pay three mana more. So what it's saying is, if you cast a spell, you have to pay three mana if you, unless you show a merfolk. Well, if you play, you tap the Aether Vial, you wait for your, your opponent to respond, and you can put Silver Gill Adept as long as it has two counters on it. And guess what? You don't have to pay three mana. You don't have to show anything. It just comes onto the battlefield. You have a cute little 2-1 with other rules that I, it doesn't, I, I don't care about. All I care about is the additional cost. So that rule gets bypassed. All right? So, hopefully, what did we learn here? The first thing we learned is Aethervile is a unique card that gives us free mana. About 9 to 12 throughout a game. It allows us to flash in creatures that normally do not have flash, like Mausoleum Wander, Selfless Spirit, Drug School Captain, and even Skyclave Apparition. And we got to be smart when using this. And remember, we do it at the end of our opponent's turn, always, never on our turn, with two rule exceptions. Also, Aetherval, remember, our creatures cannot be countered. They can't be countered. Yay! Those are the main rules. Now... Now that I'm over and done with that section, it comes down to what? Where, where are we at, Dwight? It comes down to our... That's right, our shout-out section. Our shout-out section. I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. I hope it's you. I'm going to start right now. Uh, today is... March 20th, 2021. So, right now, if you're currently playing, and I don't say your name, don't worry, I will say your name on the following episode. On March 14th in Modern, this individual played in two separate events and got first place in both using an Azorius build. Congrats, Jan Mortz Merkel. Ooh, Jan Mertz Merkel. Congratulations. Take a bow. Congratulations. Thank you for proving Spirits is a great deck. And Pioneer, March 16th. This individual got first in a Pioneer Battle Royale in a Zarius build. Congratulations. Bandit Keith. Thank you, Camp Bandit Keith. Thank you to both of those individuals proving one simple fact that Spirits is the best deck in every single format, and it should be. Remember, you, the pilot, should be kings and queens and having everyone bow down to your feet. I'm not going to take no for an answer. 
Well, you know what, ladies and gentlemen? It's that time. It's that time. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm or email me at MTG Ectoplasm at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. If you like what you heard, please hit that like button. Come to my website. If you feel like donating, donate. If you want to sponsor an episode, please sponsor an episode. I'm here for you. And thank you for everyone listening around the world, the hundreds and hundreds of you. I thank you 100% making this your number one listen to spirits podcast. That's right. Number one spirits podcast. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? I'm out. Good night. Adios. Riva del chin. Mushi mushi. Konnichiwa. Aloha.